Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Road Coach Podcast, the show where I share what I've learned from years of living on the road through research and experimentation, so that if you're like me and you spend most of your time away from home, hopefully you can not only survive, but thrive, even when you are out of your element. Uh, as always, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, uh, please share the show with your friends, uh, give us a review, or head on over to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at the road coach podcast, so that you can see what I pull up on the screen uh, and follow along with me as I do these episodes. Like, share, comment. Uh, we're always open to feedback for new episodes, topics, and uh, if you are inclined to help support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash the road coach podcast, uh, where you can help us continue to make these episodes for you and future episodes. So today we're in part three of four of a uh, four part series on chaos versus routine. We know that those of us who travel all the time for work often have a very chaotic, hectic schedule, um, and I wanted to explore both the good and the bad side of that. Um, so in episode one, we talked about the downside of constant chaos and uncertainty. Um, and in episode two, we talked about how we can counteract that with routine and adding routine into our schedule despite being out of our element a lot of the time. Uh, but what happens when there's too much routine uh, or too much monotony? And that's what we're looking at in episode three. Uh, and then uh, next episode in episode four, we will talk about the benefits of a constantly changing environment um, and that chaotic, uncertain uh, environment that we tend to live in as those who travel all of the time. So first up, I've got an article from medium.com. Um, and this is an article that someone wrote about the pros and cons of having daily routines. So um, surprisingly, when I looked into this topic, there's not a lot of good scientific research done on monotony and boredom and things like that. Um, so, you know, we talked in the last episode about having some routines in your schedule when everything else is chaotic it can be very good for you um, and how it can ground you and reduce stress and things like that. Um, but what happens when it goes too far and we end up in a constant state of boredom um, or a constant state of routine or monotony? Uh, and that's what I wanted to talk about today. But like I said, not a lot of science on it. So. We'll go through what there is, um, and uh, you can take whatever information you glean as useful out of it, uh, and hopefully this helps you out in trying to find a balance between the chaos of travel and the monotony of too much routine. I think after the pandemic, uh, in 2020, everyone's feeling like their lives are a lot more routine than they would like, um, so maybe this does apply to you in that sense, um, or if you are traveling for work and everything is back to normal, perhaps this doesn't apply to you. But either way, here we go. So the cons of having too much routine. One, they don't work for everybody. Um, a lot of people, especially people like us who travel a lot, um, we crave the constant change, the adrenaline that's produced, um, and the new environments that we're constantly in, and doing routines is not conducive to our personality and our lifestyle. Um, they talk about how they won't immediately solve all your problems. And this is something that, um, especially coming into the new year, happy new year, 2024, uh, people seem to think they make new resolutions. They're going to go to the gym. They're going to eat better. All of those things. Um, nothing is going to solve any problems that you experience right away. It'll take repetitive action over many days, weeks, and months before you see any results from any changes or routines that you try to implement in your life. So if you're trying to do this, be patient. Um, consistency is key, not volume of action. 
I always try to keep in mind that we are not any individual effort or failure. Um, we are defined by our consistent actions over time. And so if you're trying to implement a new routine, like I'm going to run, you know, 10 kilometers a day or five miles a day or however you measure distance, um, that's actually six and a half miles, but you get the point. Um, uh, and I'm also going to lift heavy weights for an hour a day. And I'm also going to learn a new language and I'm also going to journal and, you know, you pack all these things in, um, into one day that you've never done before. And then you've created too high of an expectation for yourself and you give up immediately. So you're better off to do small, consistent actions that are almost impossible to fail. So rather than, you know, going out for a five or 10 kilometer run today, you know, maybe you strap on your shoes and go for a one kilometer run that takes you six minutes. Um, and you aim to do that every day so that you're not burnt out and injuring yourself. And it's something that you can continually build on over time. Um, the third item they, they uh, list here on this article is that life is unpredictable. It can get in the way of planned routines. Well, if, if you're like us and you travel all the time, life is constantly unpredictable. So this is very relatable to us. Um, so the idea here is that if you're going to build routine in, uh, make sure that you do it um, in a way that, that no matter what happens, you can fit it in, right? So if, if for example, it's um, um, some sort of physical activity, Maybe don't be so strict on what exactly it is, but that it just means you need to get your heart rate above, you know, zone into zone three or higher for 20 minutes a day, regardless of how that is. And then it doesn't really matter where in the world you are, or what time of day it is. You can, you can change your behavior to get the result you want um, and deal with all those vicissitudes of an, un, you know, an uncertain schedule without letting your routine or your goals slide. You'll risk boredom and monotony. And that is really what we're talking about today is when we have too much routine and every day feels like the same, what happens when we have boredom and monotony? And we'll get into a little bit, uh, that a little bit later. You'll stop growing if you don't add new goals and objectives. And a lot of people who have been in the same job for a long time, lived in the same city, um, they just feel stagnant and they feel like they're not improving or growing or changing um, and that can be a real problem for people. Um, number six, not all routines are good for you. Pretty self-explanatory here. Um, smoking, drinking, you know, uh, watching porn for a lot of people, uh, or binging Netflix for hours a day. Um, just because it's a routine doesn't mean it's a good thing. So even though routines in general for people that live chaotic lives are beneficial, um, you still have to choose ones that are going to um, lead you in the right direction on a path of growth, not just any routine. Um, you may find less creativity and inspiration in your life. Um, now, I find that that's a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, for example, um, a routine of writing for a certain amount of time every day, um, regardless of what you're writing about, can actually lead to a lot more creativity and inspiration because your goal is not an outcome. Your goal is just to do the task and see what comes of it. Um, but if your routines are very rigid um, about what you're trying to achieve or what you're trying to get out of something or the physical steps that you do as part of the routine, they can definitely stifle creativity. So it all depends on how you frame it, in my opinion. Um, and then lastly, of course, routines are hard work and require total dedication. So, um, 
you know, they say that it takes a long time to build a habit. Um, we talked about a study in the last episode about the range to actually build a habit that happened autonomously um, without a trigger associated with it ranged anywhere from like 16 to 284 days, which the average being around 66 days before that habit was formed that didn't require a trigger to complete it, right? So if you're on the slow end of that, for whatever habit you're trying to perform or your habit you're trying to instill, you know, you could be up to a year of doing the same thing day in and day out before it becomes automatic for you. Um, and that can be a bit of a discouragement to people for trying to implement new routines in their lives. Um, so just keep that in mind. We, um, I mentioned it earlier, but if you want to implement a new routine and a new habit, make it so easy that you can, it's almost impossible to not do it every day. So don't start with, I'm going to run five or 10 K because I want to run a marathon in three months. Start with, I'm just going to run and I'm going to run as least as, at least as much as I did yesterday. And I'm going to make it such a small goal that I'm not going to be sore afterwards. And maybe today that's to the stop sign and back. But tomorrow to the stop sign and back, at minimum, will slowly build into a kilometer and two, three. Before you know it, after a couple of weeks, you can run 10K, um, but you haven't overcommitted yourself to the point where you're going to be discouraged and fail. And then just give up on the goal altogether. Um, so now moving on to, this is a, a website called Adify, where they actually like distill videos, I think, and, uh, and talk about um, what was in the video without actually having to watch the whole thing. Um, but this is about a study on radar operators. Um, and just a couple of key insights here about monotony and boredom. Um, this study found that radar operators' efficiency declined within half an hour of staring at a screen alone for hours on end. Um, when the subjects ran out of things to think about, their minds became full of sounds and colors, and some even began to see images. The participants in a boredom experiment experienced vivid and uncontrollable hallucinations that interfered with their sleep. Um, and I've often experienced this before, maybe you have too, when you don't have enough um, excitement or uncertainty in your day, when you don't feel like you've done a lot, um, you, you shouldn't... Um, uh, you shouldn't have necessarily a lot to worry about or whatever, but you find you can't sleep um, almost because you didn't stimulate your mind enough throughout the day. Um, they say one man in the experiment repeatedly, repeatedly heard a music box playing and another saw the sun rising over a church and heard a choir singing. Um, isolation, this is, a, this is one of the more interesting ones. Isolation can lead to restlessness and a desperate need for stimulation, causing individuals to resort to distracting activities like singing and reciting poetry and that the brain's abnormal behavior due to boredom can be life-threatening for people in monotonous jobs like truck drivers. So if there's too much monotony in, in our day-to-day -day life, what happens is we just stop paying attention and we pay attention to other things. Um, and in uh, positions where it's important that we are paying attention, obviously that cannot be life-threatening, but that can be detrimental to our own safety or our own job security or other things along that line, along those lines. So from there, um, those are just a couple key things that people found from observation. And then the Washington Post had a decent article back in 2021 on boredom's link to mental illnesses, brain injuries, and dysfunctional behaviors. Um, and there's just a couple things that I wanted to pull out of this. Again, I apologize. There's not a lot of really good scientific research on this. It's a bit of a blind spot, um, or maybe it's just difficult to study. And so that's why there's not a lot on it. But um, 
there is uh, there is one decent article review actually from the 80s um, about factory workers that we'll get into in a second here. But um, the Washington Post had this decent article that I wanted to pull a couple of items from. So in 2014, psychologists at the University of Virginia conducted a simple experiment to show the to showcase the power of the human mind. They placed subjects in a room by themselves with no distractions for roughly 10 minutes, letting them be alone with their thoughts. Given the infinite possibilities that our imaginations hold, it aimed to promote the sheer pleasures we can derive from just thinking. Um, but then they note that they thought it would be a great study and it would give people a chance to relax and slow down, but it was an absolute, it, it actually turned out, excuse me, to be a complete failure. People hated it. They found the experience so unpleasant, many of them preferred physical pain over the discomfort of boredom. When given the opportunity to self-administer a mild electric shock with a button, 67% of men and 25% of women pressed it at least once to help pass the time. And this is only 10 minutes alone with nothing to do. One particularly miserable person shocked himself an incredible 190 times in 10 minutes. So for those of you that are on the road all the time, um, chances are you'd fall into this positive group of men and women that shock themselves because you need constant change. Um, and you, you crave that changing environment and that changing set of circumstances all of the time to keep things interesting. Um, and so because of that, we definitely, I would assume most of us, if you're listening to this podcast, would fall into that category where we get bored very easily. And for us, boredom can be death. Um, the death of both ambition and life satisfaction. Um, and uh, so I'm just going to go down here a little bit more because there's another thing I wanted to bring up here. Um, So in a 1926 paper in the British Medical Journal on the physical and mental effects of modern industry, <clears throat> they say that monotony and fatigue are two aspects of a problem that affect the happiness and health of hundreds of thousands of workers in our civilization. Uh, industrial psychologists of that era claimed that boredom led individuals to work more slowly, chatter among themselves, and have a decreased rate of output. Um, there's a whole host of negative associations. People... Um, that experience boredom more frequently and with greater intensity are more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, gamble compulsively, binge eat, drop out of school, drive recklessly, and suffer from anxiety or depression. And then, of course, talking about COVID, studies conducted during COVID pandemic also found that individuals high in boredom proneness had a greater tendency to break the rules of social distancing, which, I mean, <laughs> you can have whatever opinion you want on that. Um, but boredom clearly has a lot of negative side effects. Um, and so when we come out of the episode yesterday about creating more routines for yourself when your life is chaotic, we have to make sure not to go too far to the point where everything we're doing seems monotonous. Um, if we put too many routines in our schedule, especially those, that are, those of us that are prone to seek adventure and new experiences um, based on the fact that we chose careers that cause us to travel a lot, um, we don't want to go too far because it could end up causing the problem that we're trying to avoid. Um, as with all things, the golden mean, uh, it's all about balance. Uh, and then the one other thing I wanted to bring out here from the end of the article uh, was about human prisoners. Research on human prisoners in solitary confinement suggests that long-term boredom quickly advances into apathy, which is not caring about anything or anyone, depression, cognitive disturbances, 
hallucinations, and psychosis. Levels of self-harm and suicide, already much higher among prisoners than in the general population, increase even further for individuals placed in isolation. So remember, those of us who travel are often isolated. There may be lots of people around everywhere we go, but we often feel very alone. And isolation is very dangerous for causing us to just stop caring about everything and engage in depressive and harmful self-talk and thought patterns. And of course, when we're trying to build routine into our schedule, we have to make sure that we're not building in too much routine that is alone, isolated time. Okay, so now we get to a review article, one of the, the few articles I could actually find in a scientific journal. This is from Psychosomatic Medicine in April 1981. So it was a long time ago, um, but this was a good review. Um, the stress of boredom and monotony, a consideration of the evidence. So a couple things that I wanted to pull out of this article was um, the one study they did, <clears throat> this study um, had subjects perform complex sensory motor tasks uh, in one three-hour occasion and a vigilance task in the other. So basically just watching something uh, and staying alert. A third session was spent reading magazines. That was the control session. Subge subjective ratings of boredom, unpleasantness, concentration, and irritation obtained during task performance revealed that boredom was the feeling state that differed most in the two tasks, with boredom being considerably higher during the vigilance performance. So something where you have to pay attention, but otherwise you're not doing anything. <clears throat> Urinary excretion of adrenaline and noradrenaline was measured prior to and during the two task conditions and the control test, um, the control condition of just reading magazines. So the adrenaline and noradrenaline were generally higher during both treatment conditions than control. Um, they increased rather markedly during performance of a complex task, but they either declined continuously or showed a decline following by a slight increase during the vigilance task. So those, the adrenaline hormone, that <clears throat> fight or flight, get things done type hormone, increased in complex tasks. But if there was an initial surge, um, there might've been a slight one during a vigilance task, but it, it uh, drastically decreases um, significantly and very quickly when you're doing a vigilance task. So if you're just paying attention to something, you need to remain alert, but you are bored, your adrenaline drops significantly, very quickly. Um, another study here uh, was concerned with how boredom was related, this is, gentleman's name was Barmack, uh, how boredom was related to changes in oxygen consumption and blood pressure during performance of a repetitive task. His data strongly suggested an inverse relationship between reported boredom and physiological arousal. With reports of sustained interest, oxygen consumption and, histolic and, and sorry, systolic and diastolic blood pressure either remained the same or increased reports of increasing boredom were associated with declining levels of physiological activity. In addition, he also found reports of increasing boredom to be associated with decreased performance efficiency and increased drowsiness. So basically what that means is when you are, what this study found is that <clears throat> when you're doing a task that you consider monotonous and a cause of boredom, Def, your, your breathing, your respiration, and your pulse tend to slow. Your physiological response tends to slow, and essentially you get drowsy and tired, which is not really um, that shocking by any means, but your arousal state will drop if you have to do something that you consider monotonous. So it's not exactly bringing life to your actions um, when you have to do something that bores the crap out of you. Um, when we talk about 
when we move into some experiments on sensory deprivation or isolation, um, they talk about the fact that exposure to conditions of isolation or sensory deprivation is frequently felt to be stressful. Usually it is the boredom or monotony believed to be produced by these environmental condition, conditions that is implicated as a primary stressor. But what they go into later is they realize that it's not actually the boredom that is the stressor. Boredom, because of our physiological reduction in arousal and awareness, does not cause stress. But what causes stress is the fact that if we have boredom but also have to pay attention, that's what causes the stress because it's a um, it's like a dichotomy in our brain. We, we are supposed to be paying attention, but our body's telling us to not pay attention. And it causes this conundrum in our heads um, that, that creates the stress. And they say here, for purposes of this presentation, jobs in which workers reported boredom and monotony will be particularly undesirable. Um, <clears throat> or sorry, workers reported boredom and monotony to be particularly undesirable features of their jobs. And they're singling those out. So those were forklift driver, assembler, assembler a machine-paced assembler, um, an assembler in a relief job, and an assembler that's not machine-paced, and a machine tender. So these are very generic jobs, but basically factory line work. With minor exceptions, all of the above, all of the above occupations fell into a cluster characterized by above average feelings of job dissatisfaction, ambiguity concerning job security, future job security, underutilization of skills, poor social support, and low participation. They reported more anxiety, more depression, more irritation, and somatic complaints. Three of the most common reasons for job dissatisfaction in this, in this group of studies were monotony, lack of sense of achievement, and loss of personal contact. So these are all things that Again, if we are building in too many things that are the same every single day to try and combat the chaos of constant travel, we will end up feeling a sense of job, their job dissatisfaction and a lack of achievement because of that. We already have a lack of personal contact based on the fact that we're always on the road, um, and that just gets exacerbated by these things. And then in conclusion, the two things that I wanted to mention here, it would seem that reports of boredom or monotony could serve most usefully as marker items or flags to warn that some of the elements in an automated job may be contributing not only to lowered attentiveness, but to general work dissatisfaction as well. Field studies of occupational stress likewise revealed no clear evidence that monotony per se is stressful. However, when a monotonous task is coupled with a machine-paced demand for continuous attention, a combination found in a number of the studies that were that were conducted, there was a suggestive evidence that this combination is quite stressful. It was hypothesized that combining a monotonous repetitive task with the opposing requirement for constant high level of alertness could result in considerable effort expenditure and fatigue. So <clears throat> I think that although the research is very limited on this topic, I think it highlights the the unwanted effects of having too much routine. So in our first episode, we talked about the negative physical effects of uncertainty and constant change and chaos in our lives. And then we went into how to combat that in episode two with creating routines so that we have some consistency 
and things that we don't have to worry about being uncertain when we're traveling and on the road all the time. And then in this episode, it's what happens when that goes too far. And when we get to the point where there's so much routine that it becomes boredom and monotony, and there are definitely some significant stress factors and overall levels of dissatisfaction with life and our careers if we put too much routine in there. So again, it's all about balance. And in our fourth and final episode that we have coming up next, I will talk about the actual benefits of chaos and the benefits of uncertainty and what that does for us physiologically, mentally, emotionally, etc. Um, of which there's a lot more research on that than there is on the physiology of boredom and monotony. So I hope this was helpful for you. As always, check us out on YouTube at the Road Coach Podcast. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you like, what you like about what we're doing, what you would like to improve. Um, and if you feel like supporting the show, head on over to patreon.com slash at the Road Coach Podcast. And as always, if you are out on the road killing it, then I hope you're not only surviving, but thriving, even when you are out of your element. Until next time.